1: with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms. And we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and
0: welcome to the Transfer Podcast on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Trev Downey and I'm here still, as usual, podcasting to you from my field In beautiful rural Ireland, I'm joined tonight, as I always am, for this show by Dave Davis, who's our resident transfer expert, to shoot the breeze about what is a very, very contentious subject at the moment. Dave, how are you, my friend?
2: Mate, the sun is out. I have got an ice cold can of cherry Pepsi Max and I'm talking
0: to you about transfers. All is good with the world. <laughs> yeah, that does, that does sound quite uh, familiar. All right. That really does sound like we're about to slip right back into the old summer routine. And it is only a matter of weeks, as you say, until we'll be doing this, uh, with that very atmosphere. Um, it kind of feels like we're doing it already with so little riding on what remains in the season so we can kind of start to ease ourselves into what this is going to be like for the summer so let's do the hard thing first and much as it may pain people to hear the name let's talk about what happened around the whole Jude Bellingham thing because it would be remiss of us as a pair who were both so high on the deal and so hopeful about it and so Open to the potential of being crushed if it didn't work out. Uh, and we seem to find ourselves here now and it's left a lot of people with a lot of strong feelings towards the owners, towards the manager. Um, and I'd be interested to get your take on all of the stuff that transpired, seeing as it did sort of, it really did sort of fall apart between now and when we last spoke.
2: Yeah. Crazy. Isn't it? I could lie, Trev, but listen, we've done these parts. Everyone's heard it. The evidence is there. I've said I was fully in on Jude. It all, it all looked good. And I know people are going to be saying things as I'm making these comments. But heartbroken, to be honest. Yeah, maybe it's easing now a bit, shall we say. Time's the greatest healer, as they talk about. But, yeah, it was the one we were told. The money was ring-fenced, if you want to call it that. There was still going to be budget. You know, we could definitely afford Jude. And then literally, Paul Joyce just takes that blunt butter knife to all our internal organs, doesn't he, basically, with his story. <laughs> and then literally, one after the other, they all verify it, et cetera, you know, saying, it's not going to happen. We haven't got, you know, we've had to revisit. We're surprised that the team needs major surgery. Surprised, apparently, you know, that this Liverpool team needs major surgery. But that's a, maybe a different discussion. So we can't just put all our eggs in the Jude Bellingham basket. You know, we're going to have to look elsewhere because of the price of the deal. I mean, who would have thought, Trev, for one second that Jude Bellingham might cost serious money? And who would have thought, Trev, for one second that he might want good wages as well? Crazy to think about, isn't it? You know, random things that come out in these scenarios. But I'm going to be honest, Trev, a couple of things that still stand out for me. It, It doesn't hurt as much as it previously did, but there's still a little bit of, a tinge of resentment, let's put it that way. It also shows to me what whatever you say of the owners and, and that again is a topic that I know ignites debate. They lied here. Let's not be honest. They lied, you know, you wouldn't trust them with a bar or you know, with anything. I wouldn't trust them at all now, full stop. And as much as we need a rebuild, and I get that, I totally get that, this team does need major surgery. And I get someone's going to, you know, the other stuff that came out, oh, once so got injured on the first day, blah, 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 etc. I totally get that. I do understand that. Jude Bellingham elevates Liverpool, if you were to come. Simple as that, Trev. He's almost as good as two players. We're talking a generational talent. And it's not happening. And now, it's a shame because of the names we're being linked with. Actually, I think all right. Or, you know, some quite good, some real high-ceiling players, if you want to call them that. They've now got that tinge, haven't they? They're not due. They're not due. And I feel a bit, it's just going to put a negative or cast a negative shadow across the summer business. And we do need to get past it, but it's going to take me some time, to. I've put it that way.
0: I think that's very fair. And I think you've been very, um, I, I suppose, kind and, and, and withholding uh, there compared to how you could be. Because, yeah, you're right. I think an awful lot of people... Uh, are are stifling uh, feelings of anger and um, frustration and especially disdain and disgust at the concept of being lied to and it did if we're being perfectly honest feel a little bit like the manager was doing that stuff as well and and, and i think that's what's stuck in the craw for most people if he had been you know patently gutted and making sounds about not getting what he wanted. I think everybody would have been lined up behind them and it would have been FSG with the boogeymen, but it made it a little bit worse for me, Dave, that he came out to bat for them. I, it, I, I'll be honest with you. It, it made it worse because we're not idiots and we are very, very used to the um comings and goings and, and, and lies and manipulations of the transfer market. We know how this works. Yeah. There are idiots out there. There are gullible people out there. But we're kind of, between myself and yourself, there's quite a, a seasoned supporter here. And we were led to believe by so many different, in so many different ways, from so many different venues, with the name being spoken in press conference, being uttered by the manager and all sorts, that it was a real thing. And for us to be so blatantly linked with them. Here's the thing that, that, that I take. Get past all the annoyance, get past the anger, get past the frustration at not being able to see this footballer who we both rate so highly, play for Liverpool, who seemed to be this perfect fit, this heir apparent. Get past all that and sit with the embarrassment of what it did to the club and what...
1: Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index.
0: The way the manager was made to look and have to deal with it, even if you want to give him a full apology, a full sort of a clearing for the things he was saying, you know, or even if you want to be really outraged with him, wherever you stand on it, he was put in a position there which was quite embarrassing quite humiliating to have to do um and i felt every bit of that as well as a fan didn't you because we were pretty much promised this as as a reality
2: yeah i I think whatever way it's put is the right word that you used it's embarrassing to the club it's a failure of previous transfer strategies and it's a failure of this transfer strategy as well all this you know Save it up for a superstar, as someone called it the other week. You know, we'd almost foregone all, all the transfer windows because this was coming, and there'd been a bit. It wasn't great, but we could live with that if Jude came. Now that's clearly going to happen. Sorry, so you're not really going to believe anything, you know, that really comes out concrete, shall we say, as you, you may have been may have been before. and I know the pessimists are going to say, Why would you believe anything that comes out from, you know, FSG and all that? I, I totally get that. But embarrassment's the right word. You can tell that Klopp fe- felt a sense of that. And probably the biggest thing, Trev, which, how would I put this? There's something, there's a vault somewhere where there's the evidence of, you know, Roswell, Area 51, the man behind the grassy knoll, whoever it is, the Nabil Feck here interview. And what also has gone in there, Trev, now is five minutes of Klopp's press conference embargo. So we've had it on, you know, good sources we're trying to find out, you know, told us that that embargo, when it was released, Trev, they have chopped footage from that. It's not been released to the public. Now, I don't know what's in that. No one, you know, you can speculate, but it was just interesting. It was at the time he was getting grilled around transfers, the Bellingham scenario, budgets and things like that. It's that five missing minutes, as we call it. So this this could be wild speculation. It could be a Roswell-style thing, but there's a bit of me just thinks it wouldn't be surprising if the manager's just lost his head a little bit in that scenario. When asked, because that's his frustration that he's had to back it publicly. But I haven't got any proof with that. That is just the theory, so to speak. But yeah, long story short, embarrassing. More transfer failings. Roll on the summer, eh?
0: I have to say this is complete news to me and I'm, I'm utterly fascinated by the concept. Um, There's one more aspect of this before we just speak briefly about, about the player himself, because there remains a potential area of hope or an avenue um, that we need to talk about. But just before we do, um, how, how have, how is this all the chat sat with you? I mean, for example, um, Dave, uh, Hendrick was being eminently practical about it, um, within minutes of, I think the first Joyce announcement and saying, and, and bear in mind, Dave's high on June, just like we are. Um, and he was saying, okay, well, look, here's maybe how it could work out for the best if we do X, Y, and Z with the money. Of course, there is the assumption there that that money is available. And mm-hmm. when we've patently. We've had the manager go out and put on the, the sackcloth and ashes and bring out the begging bowl and say, uh, we we can't afford things like that. We can't afford those kind of shiny things like other clubs. So we have to cut our cloth according to our means. That's just how it is. How many times have we heard that? So I suppose what I'm driving at here in a roundabout way is, do you buy into the concept that, you know, there may be some sort of silver lining or that we can do something with whatever budget is available plus whatever sales are made available as part of the budget whereby yeah. we can get past this and maybe do okay for ourselves
2: yeah it, it is possible i wouldn't say you know it, it isn't possible it, it definitely is but we're almost going to have to bring it back from a negative position now because the trust has gone you know the is the budget there? That is probably the, the biggest ask at the moment, isn't it, really? Because we've heard talk about this mythical war chest, as we've mentioned, and the amount and the impact on that. So it's natural that fans are going to be absolutely sceptical beyond belief. I totally get that. On the other side, Trevor, and I like the way you put this, you take the emotion out of it, you know, you would be logical. In a purely logical sense, Liverpool's failings in midfield and the side are so distinct at the moment it's natural that it takes more than June to fix those. You know, it's a, a number of players in midfield, and as we've said before, a number of players in other positions, it really is like major surgery that squad needs. So that probably does tell you that even if it is a, a war chest, a bumper budget, whatever you want to call it, it is, it's almost the mix of, yes, you want quality, But we actually need quantity distinctly as well, especially with the amount of people that are leaving the club, as we know, this summer. So, yeah, I I kind of, I do get it. and Not all hope is lost. And listen, it's all about the end result, isn't it, at the end of the day. By the the time this summer transfer window closes, it's all about the numbers and the quality that comes through the door. So it it can still be, I know it's it's strange to say it can't be safe when we've not even officially started it yet. But is it? situation can still be resolved, if that's the the right way of putting it, but he's coming from a negative position. Do you have faith in them? Probably a different story, I You
0: you, You're so right. We are already behind the eight ball with all this faffing about over this one player and this really public uh, humiliation around it. And, you know, if you don't feel that, that's fine. But as a guy who can be quite detached when i need to be for my mental health i felt that it was quite embarrassing and humiliating so you're so right it we're already in we need snookers <laughs> so let's see how it yeah. works out um just in relation to the to the player himself before we move away um i've heard mad speculation that it's still on and stuff like that now i think You'd need your head tested if you went along with that as a, 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 any, any hope like that at this stage. How many, how many kicks in the face do people need? However, there is a reality whereby the player genuinely does want to make the move to Liverpool. And there's all these conversations that we've heard about how it's been really considered and he does have a preference and all these things were being leaked. Um, we will no doubt have to suffer and endure more, more uh, doctored-up pictures of Jude in a Man United shirt, in a City shirt, in a Chelsea shirt, in a whatever shirt. Um And that will be painful enough. The reality of it would be horrendous. But is there the possibility, Dave, whereby the kid stays for another year at Dortmund and makes us dream about this move all over again next summer?
2: It's, this is probably the ultimate question of where if you've got any forlorn hope over expectation, this is it, really. I mean, it, it's not impossible, I suppose, but, I mean, like like you said, even today you've got Jan Fjoltof, the you know, a Norwegian guy, but German ex-player, German media TV personality. He even, you know, tweets, and it well known that it could still possibly be on, and that even quotes former Dortmund keeper Roman Weidenfeller saying, you know, he still believes that Liverpool will come back in for Jude. So it's an easy link to almost keep keep getting made. But like you said, it's a, it's a boy who cries wolf scenario. You can't afford to get sucked in. In, in simple terms, Trev, Jude Bellingham is that good. He will decide still when he wants, you know, when and where he wants to go. He may decide that. He Wants another year there, and you know, he's only got two years left on the contract, so we could, you know, we'd go down to a year, we'd be in an even stronger position, wouldn't he? The other suggestion is, does he sign a contract at Dortmund? Is it renewal with a set release clause, which then all the big players, you know, know what the deal is in there, but everyone else, you know, knows what they're dealing with, so. I genuinely don't know, but you you mentioned it at the start there. This will simply, for me, when you're as good as Duke Bellingham, it comes down to what do you want to do? The ball is completely in your court. You can pick your team, pick your project,
0: all up to him. So people can dream on about the potential for FSG changing completely over the course of 12 months and us splunking a whole load of millions at him next year or they can possibly move on. And um, honestly, I, I I was so aligned with this transfer and so hopeful about it. I don't know which category I'm in yet, but it is what it is, Dave. We'll come back to it if it comes back in any realistic way. Otherwise, it's probably best we step away from the car, flaming car wreck that is the Jude <laughs> Bellingham uh, uh, transfer uh, debacle and move on to players who are potentially likely to sign for the club. Now, one name that will not go away, uh, and I know it's a name that elicits mixed responses from people unlike Jude Bellingham, is Mr. Gravenbirch. Uh, And what I like about most of the stories we're going to talk about and most of these high-level players we're going to talk about is they're linked to stories which were put into the mainstream media by Journalists of note or repute or at least uh, fame. So we can just point at them and say it's their speculation and we're just speculating on their speculation. So don't shoot the messenger is, I think, what we're saying in advance here, uh, Dave. Jonathan North- Northcroft is the man linked to um the Gravenberg story. He said as much in his Sunday Times article and no less uh, a light than um, Mr. Ornstein backing that up. Do you have any thoughts about Graven Birch and about the veracity of the story, given the two names I've just mentioned?
3: Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League Match week, so make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye bye. Yeah,
2: I think I think you, you nailed it there, especially with the you know the, these are renowned and respected journalists that are speaking about it. You know, especially Jonathan Northcroft. Everyone knows David Ornstein standing, so you know there's there's a real weight behind these these claims, these stories, however you want to put it. I think that. It's a really interesting one. And I do get the polarisation because the positives are such a young talent. The price sounds great, you know, because he's not quite done it at Bayern, you know, since he moved from Ajax. they got him a knockdown fee. Suggestions of the price, somewhat, you know, even from 25 million. I think, and I that's a bit fanciful personally, Jeff. I'd be surprised if anything below 30 million even brings Bayern to the negotiation table. But we'll have to see on that one. It's clearly one that, you know, they're all saying that the player fan season. Let's be honest. Why wouldn't he? He's played about five minutes at Bayern this season. He's hardly been used at all. So you know why? Why wouldn't he fancy a move to a, a big, you know, another big club where probably it increases wages? All those types of things. The profile. A, a guy that can essentially play the right side of day, even the left side of day, a, a real push. The six. I know people have talked about him there. I think that's a bit fanciful to mention that. But at a push. Got you know such natural. A natural athlete, such, you know, key attributes, pace, stress, all those types of things. Plenty to work with there. The other side, Trev, is why has he only played a few games this season? You know, and, and, and this is in a, a team, a buying team, that, let's be honest, have struggled a bit and have had injuries, Goretzka, you know, had, had a lengthy one there and a few of their others, so I know they've got a lot of midfielders, they like Sabbath, but it's even like to go, didn't they? they? They've had a few knocks, so there's been a bit of a question as to why. A lot of people have leveled that at, Nagelsmann just didn't fancy him. Now the curveball is one of your old mates, Tommy Tuchel, because the talk is that he wants, you know, he's not for sale under intutal eyes, he, he wants to keep him, he wants to develop him, all those types of things. My... Yeah, I'll say it. My honest gut on this, Trev, is that is an easy line for Bayern to trot out. He's not for sale. I think he is for sale, but he's for sale at the right price. So I'd love to think something like 25 million gets it done, but I think you're talking upwards of 30 million. However, when you put 30 million and maybe plus in front of Bayern's or under Bayern's nose, I think it definitely brings them to the table. And I I do think, solidly, this is one Liverpool like and we'll try and get done as well.
0: Well, that's very interesting because um, I'll hold my hands up and say that I saw Gravenberch play a couple of times with his previous club. I don't think I've seen a full game of him with Bayern. I know he's 20, going to turn 21 next month. Uh, As you say, that puts him in a perfectly... uh, Wonderful sort of age bracket for us, you know. He's a six foot three inch midfielder already. There are boxes starting to get ticked in my head from a Klopp point of view. Um, Certainly, he came started like a house on fire. I think he's the youngest ever player to play in the Eredivisie for uh, Ajax uh, at sixteen. Years and less than less than sixteen and a half years old. Yeah. Uh, it was Clarence Saydorf was the guy who set that record. And the, the, the fee when Bayern did sign him after he played what some seventy two games and seven goals for Ajax's first team his uh, fee was 18 million euros with 5 million add-on variables. So you break that down, it's less than 20 million pounds. And We're we're talking mostly in, in English pounds when we're talking about transfer fees. Maybe that 25 to 30 million is a sweet spot for Bayern if they're thinking of sort of keeping the wheels spinning and taking in some other young talent who they suit better. Now, the Tommy Tuchel angle, of course, as it does with so many other areas in life, throws a spanner in the works. That could be an issue. Um, But anyone who is of quality and young and could be molded, if we got Klopp back with his mojo, I'd be hopeful about. And so I don't have any... I don't have a big enough of a sample size of him doing things I didn't like to be anything other than, yeah, trust the recruitment guys, I guess. So I'd be interested in this one, Dave, I have to say.
2: Yeah, it's definitely one to keep an eye on. This this will, unless Tuchel and you know Bayern rule it out quickly, and I was going to say, I don't even think it will rumble on Trev, because all the indications we keep hearing repeatedly are clocked want the majority of the business done early. So I think there's a reason we're hearing these stories you know, now before the window's even started and definitely want to keep an eye on, no doubts about that.
0: Now, he's one, and his name is very regularly mentioned. But if we're being honest, no less mentioned than those of uh, Mason Mount, Alexis McAllister, Moises Caicedo, um, Romeo Lavia, uh, Connor Gallagher, uh, and, and Tielemans, of course, is another name won't go, go away. And, and I've, I've also heard, uh, Angolo Kante being mentioned, which, you know, people just make stories up, obviously. Yeah. The te- the, working backwards through those, I just want to give a quick take on them because it's your take we're here for. Tielemans, clearly you can see the lad's a baller, but I don't see how he has anything like the correct physical attributes in terms of pace and strength for. A club team. My mate Jan is very, very big on uh, Gallagher whereas my, my other mate Dave is not so I'll be interested to see where you are on that. Um Lavia again I love the idea of Lavia as a sort of an option because he is a kid uh, who has a lot of promise and we tend to do very well with Southampton but buys uh, well we have a mixed bag put it that way but we've had a few belters Um, And I think he's played some 22-odd games for Southampton. So, again, it's a very small sample size. People can't be getting too carried away with their takes, I think, on Romeo Lavia. Um, So, he is what he is. I'd be very, very happy to see him come in as a third or a fourth um, with two major ones ahead of him. Gravenberch may be. Sadly, in the category of one of those major ones. And then we're left picking one from Mason Mount, Alexis McAllister and Moises Caicedo. There's only one choice there, obviously, because we need Caicedo. He's the, he's exactly the player that we need. Um, I'd love to see Mount or McAllister alongside him come in with a preference for the Argentinian. So I've thrown a lot of names out there, but the reason we've mentioned those is they are, have all been linked or in the bylines of Again, well-known journals who yeah. might just be getting clicks, Dave. But what are your takes on any of these guys?
2: Yeah, it, it's been an interesting one, and naturally with things like the media matters pod, Trev, and you know the the normal things that we try at Anfield Index, we we ask, we beg, we harass. We're probably are on the verge of restraining orders when we're sending things out to journals trying to get info back. But it's also trying, you know. Illuminate the situation. I mean, some of those names I have to be honest. Like Yuri Thielman, I think that's dead in the water. He's he's great. You know, he's a good player. You can't dispute that. He's great on the ball. But I think anyone with the lung capacity of a four-year-old is probably not going to survive in a Liverpool team. So I would write that off straight away. Conor Gallagher. I think if, if anything serious about Conor Gallagher, some of the fan base are going to burn something down, and I don't know what that is. I. This is how I would phrase it. I'm not Jan and I'm not Dave. I think he's decidedly average and would be quite underwhelming for me personally. Got to be honest on that. It's not someone I really want to see, but I wouldn't think he was a disaster. So it's not exactly a a ringing endorsement, is it? But honest thoughts there. (laughs) Like the, the one name that he's mentioned a few there. Lavia. I think this kid is a real talent. I think at the same time, you know, if you look at Southampton's situation. You know that they're, they're odds on to be relegated. Let's be completely honest about it. But there's a lot of people have got interest in this kid for good reasons. He really has been their shining star in a bleak season. I think the, the interesting one that keeps coming out is people keep talking about City's buyback clause. Yes, it is 40 million. That's all the suggestions, but it doesn't actually come in till 2024. So he can still be got this season. I think the issue will be that we will not be the only ones in that market by any means. But I, I think, as we said on the last transfer show, he plays six. He's got a huge ceiling, Trev. I would be, you know, quite happy to see that. I think that, that would be great. Kaiseido Trev, we'd love him. He's perfect for us. He's a quality player. He showed it now for a couple of seasons. The saddest bit. That I'm going to say this, and David Lynch gave it us a bit on the um, the Media Matters pod, and we've, we've getting the same from other journalists. This is really sad to say. He changed agents recently. We have not spoken to these new agents about Kaiseido. Exactly as David Lynch said, it, it's a bit of a worrying sign. If we were in for him, you thought that would have happened. And what we're getting when we're asking now is there's not a real belief there, unfortunately, that we'll be able to do that for a couple of reasons, mainly because. They turned down seventy million, didn't they, from Arsenal in January? He's, re, you know, he's extended his contract. There's no clause in there. So the suggestions are the price is going to be towards eighty million pounds, which kind of rules us out. Is the the suggestions that way? And there's naturally going to be clubs that have Champions League football to offer. So that I'll be honest, David, Lynch depressed me last week when he asked about it. He was even more depressed than even today when we got those updates when we were asking around as well. McAllister. Probably the most interesting thing we've got today, Trev, and, and, you know, I've sent you the screenshots, so you've seen them as well when we're asking around the info that we get back from various sources. They've already held the meeting, apparently, with McAllister. There's already, like, you know, that chat being, this is what we'd offer, this is what, you know, what you like, you know, how do you see it type of thing. They've already had all those talks, apparently. So all this stuff coming out is we're going to hold talks. Apparently, that's been done. The biggest thing that, again, puts a negative sign and I, I like this player, I really do. You know, McAllister and Caicedo I'm big fans of them. McAllister is well sought after, yeah? There's going to be clubs that really like him, Chelsea, others, you know, United have been linked. He, you know, he will probably be offered football by Champions League teams, Trev. And the one team that people keep mentioning when we're asking is City. City travel—it's a weird one. No one's really mentioning them, but apparently he is one of their main targets for Gundogan leaving in the summer. That he, you know, pet really likes McAllister and in the nicest way. I'd love to say it's not true, but if they come in, they can offer him Champions League football. Or they can offer him a higher wage. I think he'd be brilliant. Annoyingly, in their system, so that's that one. And that probably leaves us with the name that you mentioned, Mason Mount. So naturally it's, it's one that keeps coming up, reaffirmed Even and David Lynch mentioned it as well. This is a serious interest that Liverpool are seriously pursuing. This isn't just a name link. Liverpool are in for this player. So we'll, you know, we had that from Lynch you know, We he told us that media matters and as you've seen from the screenshots, we've had a few things even over the last few days. We've met with Mount's parents, you know, the the agent from Roof, all those types of things. So, Mason Mount knows what Liverpool will offer him. The two biggest things at the moment are Chelsea have suspended contract talks. You know, they tried, but they couldn't get it over the line until the end of the season. So, we'll see what happens at the end of the season. But what is distinct is that Bowley, you know, sweetie Todd, God bless him, we love him and everything he does, but... Chelsea are being really clear. They are not going to do a Liverpool and let players leave on free. They need to raise money. They're flirting with FFP issues. So, as it stands, if they cannot get Mason Mount... And I, I'm not even convinced when I'm saying this, they'll actually come back to the table. I have a feeling it might be what you said today to us. I think this is the strongest link. And this is putting my neck on the line a bit here, Trev. I will actually be a little bit surprised if Mason Mount doesn't arrive at Anfield. Have to be honest with that. I know people are gonna have different reactions to that. I think he's a talented player. I really do. And from what we're being told, and you know, all the you've seen the screenshots and different bits, I would be very, very surprised if he doesn't end up at Anfield this summer.
0: Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm listening to your takes here, and so far. All I've got in my head is the possibility of a trio of Mount Graven, Birch and Lavia if we can get them on the cheap. Um, and I think that would with the nicest, in the nicest way possible to all three gents uh, underwhelm so many people so badly that I, I, I think there might be uh, some sort of riots. However, they're all excellent footballers no doubt. The one thing we seem to need, Dave, uh, is the thing that is really embodied by Moses Caicedo, which is that combative energy, high energy, ball yeah. winner, all those kind of things. Uh, and if we're being honest, the guys that were uh, highest on apart from Caicedo, the likes of, of McAllister and, and, and previously Bellingham, have that high energy part, but maybe not the levels of combative stuff that we want. So who knows what the combo will be, If I was to ask you to make a realistic point, because I think you call it dead right, there's way too much smoke about the Mount transfer. However, an awful lot of people seem to be throwing out a figure of 70 million. And honest to God, if Liverpool pays 70 million for Mason Mount having bottled the... Bellingham transfer that in itself will cause issues so I'm hoping there's some sort of sensible deal that can be done there I think there must be because it just will not go away and I think you're right to call that one as the most likely of all the summer transfers if I was to ask you to pick a fantasy candidate from the others and a likely candidate from the others to make up a trio of some sort who would you pick
2: interesting If, if I was to say likely from again what what we've been asking, what we've been told, I think, yeah, as you you mentioned, almost the three that I would definitely lean towards are Mount Birch and Lavia. The the only thing, as you know, with these Liverpool things is there's always a random person just comes from nowhere that you know, there might have been a one time tentative link to, but there's always that with Liverpool. So yeah, it's one of those. It's it's not. They're not star, star names. I know someone was talking about when, when Ferguson said, he, you know, the Gerrard analogy. I know it's a, a poor terminology. They're not star, star names. But I think they're players with high ceilings. And I do think Jürgen could work his magic. I'd actually love to see what Clock what could do with Lavio, especially in that sink. So I think he could be. You know, the, the kid's really got something for me. I know there's going to be a lot of people shouting nonsense, but that's just personal opinion. Trev, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. The fantasy candidate for me, I think he like he elevates us instantly. If we can't get Jude, it was always Kaiseido for me. It yeah. really was. I do. Same. I think he changes the game for us. The the way he does things. He's he's almost as someone said to me. He's like a junior Cante, isn't he? Just what he can do. You know, he just changes that energy. He's not world-class on the ball, but he's got real potential. He's a lot better than people give him credit for. But just his energy, you know, his combativeness, as you put it, around the park, he would absolutely be the one for me where I'm thinking, that's massive. That pushes us, you know, right back. I think the other sad thing, got to be honest, Trev, is the with Brighton. I think the problem we've got is, again, if he does leave Brighton for that fee, and listen, let's not pretend for one second there won't be takers or people back in from him, he's going to be a Premier League team, isn't it, Trev, because of the fee involved, that type of thing. So the annoying thing will be he will strengthen a rival, most likely at the same time, which will be doubly depressing in one sense for me. So, yeah, fantasy candidate, Kai Sado on that. The, the only one that's not been mentioned, and he really isn't, linked and we've asked journos about this, you know, with this name and no one's saying, you know, like this is this is one we've looked at. I like Ugarte, you know, the the number six at sporting. And there's a lot of sort of links there. He's a he's a Jorge Mendez, so you know, we, we know how we work with those clients. We know how we work with Mendes, Uruguayan, Darwin links, combative, the number six, everything I would like as well. He was actually my Caicedo alternative when we talked about it, but we've, again, it's probably just the update we can bring. We've asked every journal and every person we can, got nothing on in Trev. So, yeah, so long story short, Fantasy, Caicedo, likely. As it stands now, I think Graven Birch, Lavia seem the most likely.
0: Yeah, same. Um, um, uh, in, in complete agreement, Caicedo um, in place of one of those uh and i'm a happy man um can't say any two of those others i'm happy man but um the three that i've mentioned will i think regardless of whatever people might try to spin it will feel a little bit deflating because we are in need of that impact immediate impact player uh and you'll notice it's gone quiet on the likes of Kefran Turam and Kone and all those other, yeah. other names as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Of course, uh, there were the fantasy Berea, uh, uh, links to who knows. This is summer work for us, Dave, but probably like you say, early summer, if, um, Jurgen gets his way and, and the jobs get done quickly. And in order for anyone to do any jobs in this whole, um, area in order to go into a market you have to have some money in your pocket and the budget has been the subject of a lot of speculation and i think you're going to give us some info here which will fall in a sort of a neutral zone because i think like you said to me very uh, uh graphically earlier on some people think the budget will be a wham bar and a bag of chips and some other people think that the budget because they're dreamers they think the budget is going to be north of 200 million and maybe sales as well. And who knows what we could get for all of that. Uh But I'm interested to hear what you have to tell us, because I know you've been speaking to guys, again, seasoned journals. um, And they seem to be coming to a sort of agreement on a rough area where this figure might be, Dave.
2: Yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it, Trev? Because we even chatted before, like, how how do we do this? Do we even discuss it? Do we leave it off the table? But the simple thing we thought was, we're asking these journos, you know, for the AI listeners, so we might as well share the info, leave it with the viewers to, you know, how they see it. That's all we can do is present the info and give our opinions on it at the same time. So, yeah, exactly as you mentioned there, we're reaching out to journos, the, the ones that Probably the way they say it got back to us have discussed it or prepared to discuss it from their sources, from their info.
4: I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. (laughs) This is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match
2: It does seem pretty unanimous, and I'm saying this with my tin hat on here, Trev, it does seem pretty unanimous that the budget will be, how do I put this, at least possibly north of £100 million. And as, as you know, as I'm saying this, Trev, I've sent you the screenshots, we've had the chat about it, but that is genuinely what we're hearing, north of, you know, £100 million. So then you get on to sales debate, you know, how does that get topped up, absolutely all those things. and. Naturally, there's investment talks, and the one thing journos, as you've seen from the screenshots chat, they were very big to say is that is dented, or has been dented, an early prediction by the suspected lack of Champions League qualifications, because we need a, a bloody miracle, don't we? Let's not lie now. So, yeah, and, and I understand. Listen, with what's happened with FSG, if people want to stick with the the Lambar, the chips, it'll be 20 million sales, all that. I don't blame them. If you think we're talking nonsense, you think it's not going to be that, I'd understand that as well. All we can say is is Trev will verify. We've asked the journals, We've got the info. We're presenting it. I I do think it will be something like that, something like 100 million, and then sales, however that works. So all we can do is tell you what we've been told, give our opinion, make of that what you will, guys.
0: Exactly, what else is there to do and and even as we know as we know, even these guys who are getting uh, uh information uh, that is preferential, even they are sort of formulating a rough notion based on some things that they are putting together as opposed to having been briefed about a specific amount of money, so as you say it's it's literally all we can do to to uh, collate the various opinions and, and and throw it out there and we will see uh, we will see you as you say you're so you're so right man i could blame nobody for being incredibly pessimistic about uh, thinking that it's, it's going to be a tiny amount and i don't blame people who have hope about large amounts i just do think they should probably lay off the cans for a while <laughs>
4: because
0: there's there's not a lot to back that up uh you know switch to uh cherry pepsi max there and uh and and and, and being the happy place with dave and me for the next couple of weeks as we try to work our way through this there is a potential bit of recruitment that's not player-based before we finish the show with some more player-based transfer speculation discussion etc uh ins and outs there is an important position that it may well transpire could be filled quite soon at the club and the name of Tim Steiten is being put around the place uh, by several people he is an ex-German footballer who had uh, some time with uh, various clubs not at a tremendously high level Uh, played in Seattle as well I think Um, the most famous club I think he played for was Werder Bremen Reserves and From that, he started into a scouting career in about 08, moved up from youth to head of youth, to head of scouting, to sporting director, to director of football, all at Bremen before moving to Bayer Leverkusen where he was head of scouting. And he's currently, or was, sorry, uh, sporting or sports coordinator there. So it's... As you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to say a steep trajectory, but it's a very solid progression from one position to another where he's taking on increasing responsibility each time. Um, this again is another rumor stroke story that seems to have some legs, Dave, because it seems to be coming from places that uh might have a clue.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean especially with and I think that the one thing people like is you look how Leverkusen have done so well recently and the sort of gems they've unearthed by DRB versus especially. So people are looking at that, and un- understandably. Probably the, what was interesting was it was actually broken by David Lynch, who literally the day before we'd had on the the Media Matters pod, and we did actually ask him specifically about the sporting director role. Now, what he said, for, for those who haven't heard it, it was really interesting. He said he's naturally been asking the club about it. And there's kind of been a bit of a, a cloak and dagger situation a little bit, as he put it. And all his instincts, or from what he's getting, suggest that, interestingly, Trevor. And these are his words, so I'm not, you know, I'm not putting words in his mouth. Anyone can go back and listen on it. He said he thinks he's already done. It's already in place. Liverpool are just playing cloak and dagger sort of games, as they do. We'll just almost just release it. You you know how these things work. You've seen with our club, Trev, all of a sudden there'll be a, a rumour breaks in the morning and it'll get wind and then it'll be appointed by the afternoon type of thing. That's how Liverpool operate, isn't it, in recent times? So that is, you know, David Lynch's genuine suspicion. He said that on the pod. We even sort of asked about it today because, as we said, it's right for us to chase journos on your guys' behalf. The, the one thing that seems to be unanimous, which is maybe surprising, and I think it won't necessarily be agreed with, is there might not be the rush that people think there is. And and I get why people say there's a rush. You know, we've got to get things done. Gordon's back. We need to get moving to the window, blah, blah, blah. The one thing that's coming back from Liverpool journals, Trev, is Liverpool's transfer plans are already afoot. You know, they're already in operation. So actually bringing in a sporting director, even if it was done right this second, tends not to have you know that big an impact if anything you know that the relevant people and whether you agree with it being the likes of billy hogan or not that is a different conversation but the, those transfer plans are afoot so actually the thing to get a sporting director in right this second Juno's are telling us it, it's it's not the priority to the club as fans may think it is so to speak so we'll have to wait and see on this one it's, I think there'll be a, still a, a few names left. I think it's interesting, especially what David Lynch says, the fact he's, you know, they think he's already in place. That would not surprise me, knowing Liverpool at all. It wouldn't surprise me if it's Tim And The the only other notable thing to say is, for all the Dave Fallows talk and, you know, an internal appointment like Will Spearman, every journal we're getting is saying external. That's what they're being briefed. You know, it'll be someone external coming in. So... Long story short, there's about 8,000 different versions of the truth. So one of them will be right, and we'll have to see soon.
0: I guess we will. And like you say, I think you're, it's, it's right to say that um, it's not going to have a bearing on what we do in the immediate future anyway, because someone would need to come in and get their feet under the table, you would imagine. And the word is that the wagons have been circled and a tight knit transfer. Sort of committee has been already formed with all the names you'd expect, including Jurgen, uh, having inputs. And that's led Dave, of course, to because everything has to be divisive these days. People having the conversation about is Jurgen, um, gifted with too much power or not enough power and so on and so forth. And those kind of chats will rage on based on what you think were his inputs into decisions in the past. And I stress you think because yeah. most of us don't know in fact i don't know if anybody truly knows you can have suspicions there are rumors but do we have any absolutely hard knowledge on yeah you know, this was a club decision this wasn't a club decision or he absolutely wanted this he didn't absolutely want that maybe in a couple of cases yes but i think then people extrapolate from those few cases and start to say, oh, well, he, you know, they start attributing opinions and ideas to to people that maybe they didn't have. So it's going to be very interesting to watch that one. And uh, Tim Stein's like 43 um, and he comes in there. He's not going to be the big dog on campus. He's going to have a very specific role. And Jurgen Klopp, you know, in that sort of way that we've spoken about with like a Ferguson or a Wenger, He's this unassailable um, figure of authority at our club now, so it'll be really interesting to see how that will work. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we know we've heard the rumours that certain people have left because they didn't feel appreciated. <laughs> you know, you know where I'm going with this, Dave. Yeah, yeah,
2: I do, I do. It's uh, almost. Do you remember the Bill in the 1990s, Treff, For the benefit of the tape on these rumours, because they ignite anything. For the benefit of the tape. Dave Davis State, no comment.
0: <laughs> I think that's a fair way to leave that one. Um, we should finish with a little bit of a revisiting of our previous show where we were trying to identify the areas that we thought needed strengthening and were kind of not even up for grabs, regardless of how paltry the budget is. Um, there were things that we felt needed doing now i'm interested to see if the needle has changed or moved at all on this for you given what's happened the news that we've had the sort of chastening um uh stories about our financial restrictions uh and limitations for the record and if you don't mind i'll throw mine out there first I did think that we were going to sell Cuivene, so I thought maybe there might be somebody coming in. And we, we, we both mentioned a name or two, and that's gone very, very quiet. So maybe we're going to hang on to Kelleher, Who knows? Uh, but I thought, well, he's a saleable asset. So I had assumed a, a goalkeeper of some sort was coming in. I, I'm not for moving on the fact that we need three midfielders, regardless of how they do it or where they drag them from, whether they... Take them up out of some hole in a in a in a in an abandoned warehouse. We need three midfielders. I'm not for budging on that. The centre back thing was something that I equally felt we needed to do because I don't think we see both Joe Gomez and uh, Joel Matip staying around this summer. Um, we've seen that uh, our super talented Frenchman is injury prone, and we've seen the horror show of what it means to be without Virgil. So I don't see that we can move on without a very, very solid addition there. I think it's absolutely essential that you know they're going to sell finally Nat Nat Phillips. And so I'm sticking with my centre back. So, so far, that's a keeper, three midfielders, centre back. The Trent situation has evolved. I think this might have a kick-on or a knock-on effect for you. It kind of is for me as well. I'm even more all in now that we're going to need a full back. We're going to need somebody because there will come days where Jürgen will uh, probably, if this thing evolves the way it might, he might want to go a bit more traditional. Now, you could just say play Trent there. But what happens if Trent does have a knock? Um, Because we have an imaginary Scotsman as backup and we have... um, joe gomez is back up maybe he'll hang around and we'll just roll on through that i just have a sneaking suspicion there might be a fullback bought maybe in the andy um robertson bracket and i'm hoping for a forward but it feels like i'm asking for too much for christmas it feels like i've just shown my mom and dad my christmas list and they said that's a bit greedy son maybe <laughs> Maybe maybe scribble a few of those things off. Santa is not capable of rising to that kind of a budget for every kid in the world. Some of you might want to have a rethink. So I'm gonna go with my desired list is if Quivine goes, we need a keeper, three mids, a centre back. I'm thinking we need a full back, and my greedy ask is a forward. Uh we can throw a few names around in a minute, but what about you for those positions?
2: Yeah, it's it, it was when I looked at it, based on what we said. I was in a real thing, like we we sticking or twisting. and I think similar to you, I, I, it has gone quiet, but I do think he goes. We need a new keeper there. We go, so yeah, definitely I think a keeper will come in, whatever that may be. I, I'm like you, I think you said at the time, I'm not for budging on three midfielders. Just the pure numbers that are going out, we need three midfielders in. It's that simple for me. I know the defender bit, or the defender area, sorry, I should say, was one that we sort of debated a bit. Maybe we didn't quite see it the same. I I think you, you have to get a centre back in. You absolutely have to get a centre back in. Again, for me, that's non-negotiable, especially with what we've seen this season. I get a feeling, and we'll come to the end suppose shortly, that it'll be a centre back that can also play a full-back. That you know, I'm not saying that's definite, but that, especially with the names that come out recently, that's the feeling I get. The forward thing, Trev, honestly, I'm, I'll, I'll admit this myself. I yo-yo on this on a basis of the Leeds game even the other night because we watched that Leeds game for the first half an hour and we were like, can someone tell Diogo Jota he's playing in red? That would be quite helpful. You know, in the nicest way, we're like, Diogo. And then literally by 90 minutes, we're like, Diogo, do you know what I mean, Trev? It was a full scene <laughs> change, full yeah. scene change in that. And but I'm thinking, and everyone's now, and I understand it. Nothing wrong because it's been a, it's been a torturous season. So I get people going. He's back, you know, Diogo. All that. I, I totally get that as well. Still needs a bit more to prove t- to me in the nicest way. And you know, it, it was those 33 games without a goal. I listen. I'd love to continue at Forest. So. Long story short, I am umming and in. I would still like another one in. And I mean that seriously, Trent, because we have had, despite all the forwards we've got on our box, injuries and barren spells in front of goal for various reasons at this stage. I would like another one in. It's greedy, like you said. It's wanting a lot. But I'm sticking three midfields, a centre-back and a forward.
0: I'm looking at the clock, and for us to get into details about who they might be, I think that's a section for a show maybe in the interim stage between now and when the window opens again, because we can start maybe putting together some lists. There'll be more and more stories coming around. What do you reckon we might do that as a chunk of a show down the line, or do you want to throw some names out now?
2: No, nah, I think that that's a good shout. I mean, we, we did that this one before, didn't we? We named the targets or ideas, and we said, would there be much going on? The one good thing for once, Trev, is we've got stuff to talk about with Liverpool. It clearly looks like they're trying to do their business early. So something tells me in a couple of weeks, more will develop. So, yeah, definitely good to revisit, definitely.
0: And just to throw my usual two Google's at you at the end, because you know, I, I know you love when I do this. One thing that looks like it's going to be happening to make way for an incoming is, and it blindsided a few people, is this idea of Fabio Carvalho, who, lest we forget, started the season very much as a fixture in the um, selection. Um, Fabio Carvalho has found himself very much on the outside now, and it looks like he's going. And I saw quotes from Jürgen. I don't know when they came out, but it was earlier in the season. And I don't know why it wasn't picked up on before. It certainly wasn't picked up on by Beam. And and, and maybe if he did, I, I apologies. But he says Fabio's a young player, big talent, absolutely. He played well for us in a couple of games. Um Now it's the situation where we have to make the squad and he couldn't make it for the last one. That's how it is. That's the truth. He didn't play too often. From my point of view, we needed different skills when we started or when we changed during the games. That's pretty much all. He did nothing wrong. Now, that to me speaks to a, lot about a lad who's on the outside who's going to be either loaned or sold i know romano broke the story so there's very little we can um say around that in terms of uh truth however it is an interesting one that's my on the way out story that i want you to respond to in a second and dave can you explain to me why when i click on a reasonably well-known liverpool site today i see the headline liverpool set their sights on signing brazilian attacker with a £163 million release clause. And it ends up being an article about a fella who is called Matthias Franca, who plays with flamenco. And I'm thinking, why are you just saying words? Have you seen the amount? We can't get Bellingham. Why would we do that? It really is silly season, Dave. So just, if you wouldn't mind reacting to those two concepts, because we're going to be very much focused on what's going out and very much having to ignore a lot of the madness around what's coming in.
2: Yeah, probably I'll take the, the second one first. I think Silly Season will really kick off soon, and probably we can almost compile a list by the end of the summer of just mental, lazy, clickbait rumours that have got nothing to them, but someone just needs to fill a few column inches or something like that. So, yeah, Frank, go don't see anything. I think that that strikes to me of clickbait. The Carvalho one, I I think if his agent is worth anything, Trev, and he has got a good agent by the way, he will be trying to you know get him a move, be that temporary or permanent. The kid needs to play if he's going to kick on. If you look at it at the moment for him, even with Bobby going, where is he in the forward list? He's probably. Seventh or eighth, you've got the five senior forwards we all know. Probably Ben Dokes, you know, got a better chance. Harvey Elliott in that advanced position. I would really probably say he's about eighth, maybe seventh choice forward. Now he's naturally played a ten at Fulham. We don't play with a ten, Trev, do we? Let's be honest. If we did start to play with a Trev with a with a Trev, play with a ten next season, is he first choice? Christ, no. Trevor, you could name about five or six that will start ahead of him in that role. I would love to be wrong on this. I really would, because the kid has got ability, he's got potential. However, I don't think it's going to quite work out, and I'm desperate to be proven wrong on this, but just because it doesn't work out at Liverpool for you, it doesn't make you a bad player. I just don't see it. If his agent's got anything about him, he is looking to, to shift him out, Get him a a move, be it temporary or permanent, and obviously those discussions will be had. I think my gut tells me it's gonna be a loan to see how it gets on. And I get the essence of a loan to you know, maybe see how he can develop, retain his price, all that type of thing. Being honest, Trev, I think it would be good for the kid to get a permanent move. We could get, say, fifteen million plus something like that for him to put towards targets at a time we need money who can go into the first team. I struggle to see Carvalho long-term having the real impact that some think he will. I feel desperate to be proved wrong, Trav. absolutely love it if these words have ran down my throat. And so I was like, look at this kid now, you got that wrong. Love to be saying that. Yeah, completely got it wrong. Just being honest, I don't see it. So my gut tells me it's a low move, but I think a permanent move would suit all parties, but
0: that's just my opinion. I, I think when you look at where we are financially, I don't think we're really a Chelsea of old. I don't think we're alone or a city loaning out endless footballers of, of real ability. I think our lot are going to look to cash in. it. So as a result, I, I, I find myself very much nodding my head when you're giving your final thesis there. So... We should wrap it up. It's just on the 59-minute mark. We like to keep these things to the hour. So, without further ado, any last words before we go, Dave?
2: Nah. All all I'd say is, for once, considering how much we laboured through last few transfer windows, I think it's going to be busy. I think it's going to be active. So, there will be crates of Cherry Pepsi Max at the ready, Trev
0: tremendous news because that usually means we've lost the talk about and that's what these shows are all about hopefully entertaining you distracting you and like i said please don't shoot the messenger don't be filling up our uh, inboxes with various messages about how we're wrong about stuff we are merely merely offering opinions which are based on the speculation or the information that we get from others Uh, and then we give our own take on it Um, and that's all there is that's all we can do so from myself From Dave Davis. This has been Transfer Pod, and we'll be back with you very soon.
1: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community. and it means the world to the people who create these free shows.
4: Sport Social Podcast Network